Hey everyone, this is Allison Lee, the host of CraftCast, and on today's show I'll be talking with Allison Arden, publisher of Advertising Age, as well as the author of the new book, The Book of Doing. Plus lots of other things to share with you, so let's get started. Show number 174. Starting the day again, oh yeah, letting the sun shine in, uh oh, I'm gonna dig within myself. Uh oh. Life may be never what you think, but I think I'll just go with it and create something new. Just get yourself right into your chair. Come on, listen, you can learn to create something new. Well, hello, hello, everyone. It's me, Allison Lee, back here again for another week from the Craftcast Studio to share with you all kinds of creative things going on, all kinds of good stuff. So I hope you're well this week and that you're enjoying entering the month of June. It's summer. It's it's officially summer. I know that the official day is, I don't know, June something, 20 something or whatever it is. But for me, Memorial Day is really it. I think the beginning of summer. I don't know. When I was little, Memorial Day was the day you got into the uh, club swimming pool, no matter how cold it was. And it was mighty cold many times. <laughs> but I remember with my, my girlfriend, Margie, and I, we would get into that pool no matter what on Memorial Day weekend and start off the summer with blue lips and shivering. But it was all fun. Probably went off and ate a popsicle after that, too. Somehow when you're little, you can be freezing cold all the time, and it's okay. That's how I remember it. <laughs> but there's fun stuff coming up. I know so many of you who are into the creative world uh, are taking workshops during the summer, going to conferences. I'm going to be at one myself soon, the Metal Clay Conference uh, that's coming up. Um, I think it's actually called the PMC Conference. I have the official name. Uh, and that's going to be coming up in June. So if uh, some of you listeners are there, come on over and say hey to me. Love to meet you in person. Uh, I'll be doing a few things at that conference. So uh, look forward to meeting you. And uh, lots of the teachers who teach on CraftCast will be there. So I'm looking for all of us to sort of lift a glass and, and toast uh, each other while we're there. So that should be fun. As well as I'll be off to see my son. Um, if you're in the Chicago area, I think I mentioned he's going to be in a show called Hero and uh, a musical. Very exciting. Um, it's in a Marriott at Lincolnshire, I believe is the town name, just outside of Chicago proper. So that's going to be a fun weekend. So June is filled with fun stuff. Uh, but I have some things for you here. Um, first off, I want to make sure if you came to the I Love Tools live free event back in February, I Love Tools too. Oh yes, it's happening June 12th, 8 p.m. online, uh, Eastern time. Uh, you can find the links, shoot, I haven't put it on the site yet. I don't remember to put it on the site, but um, emails and Facebook have gone out, but I got to get that up on the site as well. Hmm. I need to make myself a note about that, but I don't have a pen in front of me. Oh, well. What's a girl to do? Uh, but there's still also some live classes left f before uh, hiatus for the summer. So make sure you come over to the craftcast.com site. Check those out, plus lots of fun new recordings. Oh, my gosh, we had so much fun making polymer cuffs and things. If you've never done polymer, 
and you've wanted to try, because this is me, don't tell anyone. <laughs> but try the new recording class that's up uh, by Debbie Carlton on making bangles and cuffs. They're gorgeous. They're very fashionable. Uh, and they're doable. They're doable. So if you haven't and you've wanted to try polymer, get that um, video. You can do it from that video. I promise you it's possible. I'm making time to do it myself because I know I can do it. Uh, so there's that. Something fun to do. Uh, and what else? It's everything going in the CraftCast um, studio. Oh, I want to share with you. I'm behind the times here, but I want to give you a um, heads up on something I've been watching on Netflix, which is um, United States of Terra. Okay, it was on Showtime. It's been over for, I think, a year or so, and they didn't renew it. But there were three seasons, and that's a way that I tend to um, escape, like just watch a whole season in one sitting. <laughs> yes, I did that. But I am here to recommend, if you're looking for some escape TV, amazing people. Toni Collette, the actress, she, is, she did win, evidently, for the show. She plays uh, some multiple personality disorder. She is frigging genius. And then that guy, John Corbett, he was on, um, was it Northern Exposure? He was also the boyfriend on Sex and the City. You'll recognize him. He is the husband, love. Uh, and then Eddie Izzard even comes on the third season, who I also love. Anyway, I'm just saying that worth it, that United States of Terra, I loved it. And what else? Okay, so I am... I try to come up with new books, but you know what? I'm still reading Hunger Games, and I haven't finished it. Not because I don't like it, because I was busy watching United States of Terror <laughs> in my free time. So I don't have a new book there. Um, oh, but I do have one that's sitting on my shelf that just came in that I'm very excited about, which is, if you don't know Brendan Bruchard, um, check him out. He's, I'm just going to say, put the title of coach on there. That'll it's a small category, but covers everything. Uh, he has a new book out that, um, good for him, hit the New York Times bestseller list, and it's called Ch uh, Charge, C-H-A-R-G-E, -E, Brendan Bruchard. I just love when I listen to him, him speak. It always just inspires me and, um, you know, gets me back on track. So I recommend that for sure. So there you go. There are a few, few groovy things. Uh, now, about today's guest. Oh, I love talking to Allison Arden. You're going to love hearing what she had to say. Allison is publisher of Advertising Age, which is a, um, well, I grew up with it. I grew up with it in my house even because my father was um, uh, very, he was a madman if you've watched that show, very big in advertising. And so I've been seeing Advertising Age forever. She's the publisher of that magazine. Uh, and then she came up, though, with a book that she wrote. She's now an author. Um, the name of the book is called The Book of Doing, uh, which is great. And so I think you're really going to enjoy hearing what she has to say. It was so much fun talking to her. But before we do that, I have a piece of music for you today by uh, Ms. Laura Stevenson. I've played her music before. I like her. Um, the name of this one is called I See Dark, uh, and it's from an album called Sit Resist. Hmm. You know, 
sort of funky title. Uh, and you can get everything I talked about, the links. If you can't remember, just go over to the CraftCast site and you'll see under this uh, week's podcast. Um, oh, I know. But before we go to the music, I did have one other thing I wanted to tell you. Apps. You know I love telling you about a new app. And this one is sort of fun. I think it's free even. Is it free? I think it is. It's called Zen Space. And it is, uh, you know those little Zen gardens that you can buy that have sand and it comes with a rake uh, and some pebbles and different things? Well, this is one that's an app, so you could do it on your iPhone or your iPad. And there's music, or sound effects, I should say, like water, ocean, birds. And then you can draw a pattern in your Zen garden. And... Uh, I'm just saying I find it enjoyable when I need a little break like that. So check that one out, Zen Space. Again, you can get all the links over at the craftcast.com site. All right, so back to our music. Laura Stevenson singing I See Dark. Enjoy that. And come on back, and I'll be chit-chatting with Ms. Allison Arden. Come to the bed next to my head. Swallow the key up. Swallow the key. You've been swallowed. strange one Take this go on take it and you'll see your ache will soon break Do this in memory of what you used to be Put that lump on the cot in a dark room Takes your time
Okay, so I sort of love it when I talk to someone who has the same name as I do. Uh, and today, I'm doing that. Uh, I got this book in the mail. I'm very interested to talk to the author. Um, her name, Allison Arden. She's publisher of Advertising Age, and she's author of a new book called The Book of Doing, Everyday Activities to Unlock Your Creativity and Joy. Allison, welcome. Thank you very much, Allison. Now... I have to say, the first thing I saw when I saw the name of the title of the book was The Book of Doing. I was like, I can't do anything else. <laughs> I know. Everybody feels that way, right? But then I started reading it, and I am right there 100% behind you on um, the concepts of all of that. But now you say that the decision to do this book was a decision to start living your life rather than just going through the motions. You want to explain that to us. Absolutely. I I never set out to write a book. I literally set out in in the midst of my the juggling act of life, deciding that I was running too fast and not having any time to enjoy it all. And I thought to myself, well, what am I doing when I'm happiest? And I realized that when I was happiest, I was doing arts and crafts, which is what makes me talking to you right now so perfect. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, that was my favorite thing to do as a kid. But in this blur of life that we all live, I hadn't uh, that much time to do it, mm -hmm. except when I was doing it with my kids. And I realized that uh, what I love about arts and crafts is that I am just focused on the task at hand. I'm rolling up my sleeves. I'm engaged. I'm having fun. I don't care what I'm looking like, you know, not self-conscious at all, and just enjoying it and creating something. And when I actually thought about those lessons and those feelings, I realized that I could be doing arts and crafts all the time if I treated everything in my life in that way. Mm -hmm. And so I just started treating everything I did like it was my favorite arts and crafts project. How'd that and go? Amazing. It, uh, it turned everything I did into a fun, energizing activity that made me happy and made other people happy. And that, that was wonderful. So even though I was probably technically doing more I was doing things that were so much more fulfilling, so much more enjoyable, and so much more fun. And then did you walk away with a lot more energy because of it? Walked away with so much more energy, right? So when ultimately, I mean, I woke up one one morning with the with this idea in my head for the book, and then started writing the book, which was you know became a whole another thing. But it was because I realized that there were so many books about the art of doing nothing, which is this idea of relaxation and mm -hmm. laying back and mm -hmm. doing nothing and taking a break, but nothing had ever been written to really celebrate the art of doing, which is all of the wonderful gifts that come from, from rolling up your sleeves and, and moving things forward. Do you think everyone can be a doer? Everyone can be a doer. Okay. I don't think everyone is a doer. Right. Right. right? And, you know, there's, uh, there's a big, obviously a big makers movement. I, I think everyone can become a maker, but first you have to become a doer. Uh, that's a very good point. Some people think they just can become a maker and not be still doing the not doing. <laughs> I guess that's true. Yeah. <laughs> you know, making is actually remembering the joy of, of making things, and that's wonderful if they're kind of in a project kind of way. But just realizing that everybody has the power to do and to create positive change in their life and, and, um, and create things and give their greatest gifts to the world. I think everyone has that ability. You just have to be honest with yourself about what it is that you love to do and then allow yourself the time to do it. Okay, you're my new best friend. I feel the same way. <laughs> now, wait, let's go back because I love what you said. You loved arts and crafts when you were um, little. Do you remember the first thing you were making and, and what you loved? 
Well, I, as I was reading your bio, I loved uh, reading about the what, what you did with your grandmother and that show you watched. I think I'm going to make – I made soap <laughs> for the first time with my daughter uh, this past week, and I'm going to uh, take what you wrote there. And, well, we and, have to tell everyone, all it is is you take – you know what? Do they still make ivory snowflakes? I think they do. Okay. Ivory snowflakes, water, and the egg beater, and then just dye. I thought it was pure – I still – still think it's sort of pure magic yeah so we are we will absolutely do that yeah, but i fine. do remember uh in fact my first acknowledgement in my book is to my first arts and crafts teacher whose name is frida rubin mm-hmm. and i remember the moment sitting in her arts and crafts room which was in the day camp that i went to when i was little and i couldn't have been more than five and her teaching us how to do what she called black magic Mm. And you color a rainbow on a piece of paper and then colored over it with black crepe mm-hmm. and then you etched in right. your your beautiful design. <laughs> right. And as and so that was the memory that led me to writing this book. I love because it. Because in doing in kind of etching off that black, you were revealing the inner rainbow. And in me, spending the time to focus on the things that made me happy and also acknowledging the things that didn't make me happy, but I was doing them anyway, and getting rid of those things, I started revealing my inner rainbow. So it was like black magic. Pretty fun, right? Uh, You know, it was called something, too. I mean, I I love doing that. And then then you did it with paint on top of your crayon. No, it was something else you did. Indian ink. I never did it with paint. Okay, Indian ink, I think we did. But then they came out with a game. It was a board that was black, and you... Use like uh, your finger, and when you went through it, it became a rainbow as well. It's a pretty fabulous thing. Let's just face it. Yeah, and and they make books of them now too, which is part you know where you the pages are just there for you to etch into, which which is pretty cool. But I think part of of the challenge was right? making so, your own. Well, you you got to make your own. Yeah, and yeah. so so many things today are just kind of done for us yeah, that we yeah, forget yeah, yeah. that actually applying the time to to create and do uh, what what that can make for us rather than everything just being so kind of set the way it is well you know what you said before about um you have your sleeve rolled up you're doing it i think that's it you're in you're so in the moment and it causes you to be alive in the moment there's nothing more rejuvenating than that that's right and there are new studies that show that if you take the time to do the things that you love it makes you more uh, the term is cognitively flexible which means that you're more open-minded and more creative. So it just makes you happier and more open to the possibilities. And so arts and crafts is a wonderful uh, kind of learning ground for, for all of those lessons. Oh, darling, you just gave me permission to have a fabulous afternoon that I wasn't going to do. I just changed all my plans. <laughs> you will have so much fun. I can't, I can't imagine I have to sell you on that idea. No, you don't. I'm a big believer in that because it just, I know that the energy just pays off. There's nothing like it. But now how? Did you, I'm quite familiar with your magazine, Advertising Uh Age. How did you bring that to work? Uh, Well, in lots of different ways, little by little. You know, first of all, I was just so much more energized. Mm -hmm. And this to me, the whole whole message of, of the book and what we're talking about is just being open to the possibilities. And in the current day that we're living in, whether you're a person needing to think differently about what your future looks like, or you're a business who's been defined as something very specific for such a long time, we all have the ability to think more broadly about who we are and what we do. So for Advertising Age, we for a very long time thought of ourselves as a print magazine. Mm -hmm. And then we evolved to think of ourselves as a multi-platform media company, right? Mm -hmm. Because we do Mm -hmm. so many things in so many different ways. Mm -hmm. But what I realized and what we all realized was that that wasn't enough. 
it, for all of the opportunities that we could potentially have. So we started thinking of ourselves more broadly rather than as just covering the industry as ha- playing a key role in helping make the industry smarter about advertising, marketing, and media. Nice. And in broadening out our remit, we started creating so many new products and so many new ideas that, of what we could do. And some are based on advertising and some are based on access. And there are different types of products that help people in different ways. So that was how we started looking differently at our product. But we also, I encourage uh, creativity within our culture and within, you know, all of my colleagues here. So we infused uh, my first my first step was I painted a wall in my office a very bright turquoise blue <laughs> among a gray sea of, of mm-hmm, cubicles. Mm-hmm. And it made a statement, of, and it wasn't about me just wanting to color my own space. It was, you know, that we have to do things a little bit differently and add a splash of color mm-hmm. to make things more interesting and more exciting. And nobody really got it until suddenly my graphic designer was redesigning our business cards, and he showed me a couple of different designs. And one of the designs, he said, this was inspired by the juxtaposition of the blue and white walls in your office. Mm-hmm. And I realized that it was opening people up a bit more. Mm-hmm. And then we uh, we had a caricature artist come in and draw a caricature of everyone on our team. Oh, what a great idea. It was it was a lot of fun. But what it made a statement that we, you know, A, don't take ourselves too seriously, mm-hmm. but B, everybody is a member of the team and we want everybody to to take pride in what we do here, mm-hmm. but also we celebrate you as the individual. Mm-hmm. And then we started encouraging people to share different things they were doing. And so we have uh, Ken Wheaton, who's an author. Uh, We had a woman who was our art director but has now gone off to become the homesick Texan. Uh, She's uh, published a a wonderful cookbook on barbecue down in Texas. And so she was exploring her own creativity. We have marathon runners. We have uh, cereal makers. But they're all part of the Ad Age team and doing the things they love outside of work so they can bring their best energy to our office. How fast people, I love it. I'm, I get excited just hearing all that. The characters is a great idea. Yeah, very fun. Yeah. Now, how fast did people accept it or did people go, what happened to Allison? No, you know, I think you know we can only mark our own progress. So it's like little by little over time, you just start seeing and feeling mm-hmm. a difference in the culture. And just uh, last year, one of the activities in the book is use a cupcake as your canvas. And that is, you know, just a cupcake is a blank slate. We don't yeah. have to oh, just, yeah. you know, slap some chocolate frosting on them. You could right. use each one as a beautiful design. And I had done it with my daughter, and we had so much fun designing Valentine's Day cupcakes. Well, then I brought some baked, just fresh baked cupcakes to my office, laid them out outside my office, and put all different kinds of toppings there and watched people create their mm-hmm. own mm-hmm. cupcake canvas. And they didn't know what I was doing, but it was no longer weird right, for right. the publisher to have baked cupcakes for everyone and to have turned them into an art project. It just suddenly became part of our culture and it just, you know, kind of lightened everything up. I also, uh, one of the activities in the book is mail something. And that was as I started approaching everything as a, as an art project, I heard you could mail fruit without packaging. I saw in there something about sending gourds. I did. So so (laughs) somebody told me you can mail oranges and put a stamp on them and just write your address on them and send them. So I didn't think it was possible. And part of this was about figuring out what was possible possible and what was impossible and I uh, so I mailed I mailed a pumpkin 
to myself to see if it would work How did first. it go? I, I got it. The next day, my husband called me. and said, guess what you got in the mail? And I had totally forgotten. So I was like, what did I get? A bill? He said, oh, no, no, you got a pumpkin. And so then my kids and I decorated uh, 10 more, and we sent them to family and friends. Um, but the best part was, you know, we got a bunch of calls of, you know, thanks for the pumpkin. Didn't know you could mail fruit. Who knew? All this. And then six weeks later, I got a butternut squash in the mail, decorated as Santa Claus. Because one of the women who I sent this to uh, thought that it was fabulous and wanted to see how much further we could push the boundaries of the postal service. And so she decorated a butternut squash like Santa Claus, stuck $5 of, of postage on and sent it to me. It arrived at my office a few days later. So then just how it, we, this has infused creativity into our work, I then wrote a column about it for Ad Age about how we should be pushing the envelope at the U.S. Postal Service because if we could start infusing more creativity into the Postal Service, really? maybe it wouldn't be losing so much money. Really? And we, we would have a much uh, stronger foundation for the Postal Service to operate from. But I wanted to be there when you brought the pumpkin because what's all the questions they ask? Is it perishable? Is no, it no. Per- I, well, so I, I didn't ask any questions. I just, uh, I just slapped the... Um, stamps on, literally snuck into the post office and dropped it in. I didn't want to ask anybody if I could. I didn't want to know how much, it was a little pumpkin. So I figured, you know, I'll just splurge on the three stamps. And you just stuck the stamps on there. Right. Because in asking them to weigh it and asking that, I was basically asking if it was okay. Right. And I did, when I did finally write the column, I found out that as long as it's not, you're mailing it at your own risk. Right. And as long as it doesn't rot, then it... Well, it depends how long it takes for them to deliver. Well, that would be true. And yeah. I guess that would be my argument right. if anybody came right. back to me. <laughs> so it, it all went fine. I love that. Yeah, and it's, I put some. I put a happy auto message on it too because I was trying to inspire some goodwill with the postal workers. You know, we used to have fun with envelopes back when we didn't have any other way to send anything. There was, you know, sending we put stickers that, all over them, like stickers, and you know, you could use like instead of thirty stamps or whatever you needed, one, you know, thirty single stamps and all kinds of fun stuff. So. Absolutely, and I will tell you that my kids still love getting packages in the mail. Yeah, so what's more exciting? So. Oh, well, that is pretty darn exciting to get a pumpkin in the mail. I have to tell you, that would keep me laughing for at least a full day. Yeah, and I'm, I'm waiting to see how other people kind of push the envelope on this, so we'll see what people do. Well, you know, just even in hearing the story, I, I think it's the reaction is it lightens you up. It makes you happy. I do believe the thing about if you smile, it changes how you feel. It forces different chemistry to go through your body. Absolutely. And what what I think uh, people are embracing about the book, to your point on I can't do anymore, the book is filled with pictures. So it's like it's created as a kid's book for adults. Mm-hmm. So it's mm-hmm. fully illustrated and interactive. And it's not chapters you could dive in and dive out. So if you read yeah. the first kind of eight pages, you get kind of where, where it came from and what it's meant to do. And then everything else is kind of you kind of eat as you go. <laughs> I like, well, yeah, I was reading through a bunch of them that cracked me up. I like trying pizza every different place. I'm, I think I might have done that already, actually, though. <laughs> it, it was quite delicious. And when we finish with pizza, we've now moved on to other types of food. Oh, you could definitely do. Ice cream is my other favorite. Must taste at every place. And you can get taste. You don't even have to get a full thing. Just go around and keep tasting and deciding which is best. Yeah, we've done meatballs, <laughs> empanadas, macaroons. I mean, you name it, we have tried it. Uh, do you have one of your favorite ones in there? 
Uh, no, well, in the book, it's just the pizza. But if you just doing a food tour, your own personal food tour of the Lower East Side of Manhattan is is enough to keep you filling. That's for a true. Day. Yeah. Well, one I like the activity too. Well, one that made an impression on me was the whole flossing thing. Floss gives you years onto your life. Which my thought... dentist was so excited that I was putting that in the book. Oh my god! Tell people what that means. Well, it, the the activity is is floss because flossing could add like the I. I couldn't verify the stat, but it adds years to your life, and it apparently um, has a, a connection to uh, low birth weight and heart disease and all kinds of things that are passed through the bloodstream. But uh, what I learned this, at, when I was at a business lunch, and sometimes you sit at these tables and no one's talking to each other, and it's just like the worst activity right. ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we're all sitting there kind of, you know, you can hear like all the <laughs> forks and knives. And then this woman came in, and this was like 10 years ago. She sat down and she said, hi, everyone. Do you know what I learned today? Flossing adds six years to your life. <laughs> And the entire table just erupted in laughter, and everybody started talking, and for the rest of the lunch, everyone had a delightful experience. So the point of the floss activity was more sharing the story of what other, you know, fact do you have that could just spark conversation that you can pass forward, that can bring joy to others. And also, you know, a learning in the process, but it just was her way of breaking the ice and making people connect with each other that I found so brilliant. Yeah, But then my dentist was really thrilled for me to be passing off the floss activity because it was very important and he was serious then you can also make sure you always have like 10 or 12 of those little sample flosses in your bag to hand out when you and have that just conversation give, just, give just them to start people. yeah right. and just start I, I, right there like what what better gift could i be giving you right now I agree <laughs> a little flossing party well the other one that cracked me up was um the idea of making a popsicle stick replica of your five favorite people Yes. Well, Th- that put a smile happy. on my laugh, on my face right away. Right. Well, my editor actually, when, the first time we got together and talked about this, we, for whatever reason, we were both obsessing over pop- popsicle sticks. So that is the activity I put in there that is per- uh, specifically dedicated to her. To, and to pop, yes. To, yeah, Meg Leader. And pop, you could do amazing things with popsicle You can. Sticks. We've had this discussion before. Actually, I ran a class at Craftcast one night from a brilliant man who showed us how to make tools, and 90% of them were made out of popsicle sticks. And it's just one of those things from your youth that's really pretty genius. Yeah, but creating replicas of people who you love and then keeping them, either giving them to them as gifts or keeping them around you because they'll always make you smile too. Yes. Yeah, very fun. It's all good. So what are you on to next? Oh my goodness. Uh, uh, You know, a whole bunch of things. This book was actually born out of another book that I've written that I'm looking forward to uh, publishing and sharing, uh, which is a little bit more of the philosophy behind it. Mm. So there's definitely another book in the future. Uh, we have an app that's coming out in a couple oh, of different things. Oh, yeah, that's things. a good idea. So a lot of very fun things and still very excited about all the things we have to do at AdAge as well. So it's, you know, it's like they say when you have a, a child and then you have another child, you don't realize how much you don't think you have any more love to give. Yeah. Um, well, I realized in in this whole act of kind of giving birth to the book, when I was doing everything before, I didn't think I had another ounce of energy. Right. And this has just expanded uh, all the different ways that I'm getting to engage my own creativity. And, and that's been a wonderful thing for Isn't me. Isn't that fun? And sharing with others. It's, you know, it's the people that I've met through this process and the conversations I've had and gotten to have have been just really phenomenal. So, and all through finding kind of the joy in doing. Isn't it great? It's a great little journey there. I bet, are you the kind that ever gets bored? 
Um, no. Yeah. And, yeah I'm, 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 better, I'm better when I'm busy. <laughs> My husband calls me an addictive creative. Okay. Um, but it is, it's, you know, it's just, there's so many things to do, and I do sleep well at night. Yeah. I will say that, but uh, but I definitely I don't get bored. And are your kids? I bet you have children. You said I do. I have little uh, ones. Yep, they're uh, seven and ten, about to be eight and eleven. Oh, they're almost adults now, which is true. <laughs> oh, they will be adults. No, yeah, I'm yet. sorry to don't tell you that. Yeah, that's going to happen very soon. But are they loving this part? They are having so much fun. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're they're quite proud, and also so many of the activities that are in the book, we've done. You know, they were part of I'm this whole sure kind of blast. exploration. So whether it was the pizza or the pumpkins, or you know, going to the art museum and turning it into to a fun interactive activity for them. I mean, it's all it's all part of that. There are only two activities in the book that you can't do with children, and those have alcohol in them. <laughs> <laughs> you save those for after the kids, you know, because the, so the book is fun for kids, but it's also it's really meant to reawaken the child childlike delight of in adults because which is so important. Yeah, oftentimes we're running so fast that we forget that I this know. is all supposed to be fun. And I think my daughter has summed it up best, and she's like, "You guys are just grown up kids," and she's right. Yeah. You know, if we can approach things that way, things do become so much more fun. Oh, I agree. I totally agree. It just makes, and it should be that way. I always like to say at the end of every day, I like to do a little standing ovation applause as I look out the window before I go to sleep. Oh, love that. Yeah. Love that. I actually had somebody end a meeting here uh, at Ad Age with a round of applause, and I was like, okay, that was the most beautiful thing I've right. ever seen. It is. It's you know? a fabulous thing to applause. Well, I knew that it would be fun talking to you. I know you have to catch a plane. I, I knew do. you're off to do and have more fun. So I'm going to say the book again. Uh, the book by Allison Arden is The Book of Doing, Everyday Activities to Unlock Your Creativity and Joy. Don't not pick it up because you went, The Book of Doing, I can't do anything else. You're going to love it. It's no, going to make you laugh. Thank you. What I've been hearing is that people are buying it for themselves, and then once they've read it, they buy it for for a bunch of their friends. Yes. And that's been so so rewarding. Yes, a gift to give. Yes, thank you, thank you, thank you for your time. Thank you. Bye-bye. So I hope you all enjoyed my talk with Ms. Allison Arden, The Book of Doing. And there is a website as well. You can come to the um, Craftcast site and get that link or just type in bookofdoing.com. Read all about it. Lots of fun. Wasn't she fun to talk with? Love that. Uh, and also for all of you who have the app, make sure um, you listen to the bonus question, which is uh, Allison's best advice for getting unstuck from your creative rut. She gives good advice. So uh, if you don't have the app, again, you can, um, oh, I don't know, type it in wherever you buy your apps, uh, droids. It's for the droid as well as the iPhone. You'll find it in there. And then you can get the bonus. Bonus. I love bonuses. I love coupons and bonuses. Just saying. <laughs> Okay, so my little E.T. entertaining thoughts section of the show today is something I wrote about, uh, which people email me questions, et cetera, et cetera, about this. So I wrote a little article, and it's about how to make the next right move. And I'm thinking, you know, so many people in their studio with their creative art. So I made a little analogy to the uh, tic-tac-toe game. And I don't know about you, but I loved playing that tic-tac-toe game when I was little. And it was always fun, you know, when you got the three in a row. And, of course, sometimes it was the draw. I forget what we called that when it was a draw. There was a certain name. Uh, but what I really, really, really loved was when you would randomly, I'd randomly put my mark, let's say an X, in boxes that weren't next to each other. And then somehow all of a sudden you saw, oh, put it right here. I have three in a row all lined up. 
love that. That was magic, I thought. So I came up with a little exercise that um, works for me. I'm going to share it with all of you, which is similar to that, which is so many people are overwhelmed with the amount of supplies they have in their studio, and it really gets in the way of figuring out how to make the next move because there's just so much to choose from. So I recommend putting away lots of stuff. Put it, put it all away. Hide it so you don't have to stare at it, you know. Cover it up, put it in boxes. And take out, go into your studio and take out one thing. And you know you have a, a dozen at least of one new things you want to work with. So just pull out one, only one on your table. Set that timer and work with that. Paint, clay, ten, uh, stencil, texture for just one hour. That's it. One hour, stop, make a little altar, put it up there. And try not to um, become the critic and say, oh, it didn't come out right. There's no right in this one. This is this is experience. This is just going for the experience and the playtime. And I have interviewed numerous um, uh, artists uh, for Craftcast, and the one common thread between everyone is that um, every artist, working artists, you know, the artists who really make their living in art, they give them themselves time to play and experiment without looking to see what the result is. That it has to be for sale or something. So, I recommend that and go in and do that six, seven, eight, nine, ten times and build a little altar of here's what happened when I played with this, you know, or if you work big, build a big altar. Here's what happened when I played with that and just take a look at it. And I am going to guarantee, because this is how creativity works, that at the end, when you look across your altar of uh, time spent playing with one material, you will see, just like in tic-tac-toe, the way to draw the line and make them all connect. And on you'll go. You'll know the next right move. I promise you. <laughs> so give that a try. This is a good time. Summertime is a good time to do that. Give your time, times to play and not just um, have a result. Don't be result oriented for a little while all right there you go i share with you everything that's going on with me i hope it gets you to the next place oh but you know what i have to say always the most important thing until next time and i always enjoy next time but until next time get your butt in the chair and keep crafting just get yourself right into your chair come on listen you can learn to create something new it starts inside you please visit www.craftcast.com for past podcasts as well as links to all the information talked about on today's show